Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first purchase. That's $10 off with the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, October 5th, 2020. Thank you very much for tuning in. We do have some stuff to talk about today. The divisional series matchups are set. They will be beginning today. Couldn't be more excited. I love this. That, that expanded postseason format, it's it's fun for one year, but it is a headache. This is like one of my favorite days when everything comes together and you have the final eight teams and you get four games in one day and you can kind of realistically go back and forth instead of the hodgepodge nightmare that went down last week as there were a million games going on at one time. But before I talk about those, and I will preview those just a little bit. I want to talk about the two games that I didn't get a chance to talk about on Friday, and that's that the Miami Marlins advanced, beating the Chicago Cubs in the best of three-game series. They beat them two games to nothing. Really impressive performance by the Fish. They still have not lost a playoff series. They advanced to the NLDS for the first time since their World Series championship run in 2003. I want to talk about these Marlins for a little bit, because I and really I want to talk about both these teams, actually both the Cubs and the Marlins. But I will start off with the Fish because I thought that was a very impressive showing by them. Look, the Marlins of all the teams that made the 16-team postseason, the Marlins are the ones, and I think this is almost unanimously agreed upon. They were the ones that would not have held on had this thing have gone the full 162, and I think the run differential shows that a minus 41 run differential. Now, it's a bit skewed. They lost a game 29-9 against the Braves a couple weeks ago, but even so, this was a team that got outplayed a lot more than they outplayed their opponents, and yet, they found themselves in the postseason and now advancing to the NLDS. I want to talk about them a little bit here because Derek Jeter was much maligned for when he took over the Marlins and pressed the reset button, and at the time, I think many people, including myself, were surprised by what we viewed in the moment as weak returns for Giancarlo Stanton and Marcelo Zuna and Christian Yelich. Now, I do have to say, I think it is fair to say that Derek Jeter, I think he knew the kind of, uh, the hail, the barrage of gunfire he was putting himself in the middle of, because when you are the head of a team, especially the head of a team that at the time had not made the postseason in 14 years, and you have an outfield of exclusively all-stars in Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich, and Giancarlo Stanton, and your first kind of executive order, as the head of the organization, is to trade those guys, that's a hard sell. That's an incredibly hard sell. And I understand people's frustration, especially Marlins fans, obviously, their frustration as to why. Ultimately, at least right now, Derek Jeter is getting the last laugh. I don't think this team was going to make the playoffs if there was a 162-game season. Absolutely not. I don't think they'll make the playoffs next year, assuming we have a 162-game season. But what I'm seeing out of them is a team with a core That has grown up faster than I expected them to, especially with their rotation. This Sixto Sanchez guy is an absolute flamethrower. And Sandy Alcantara is good. Like, there's some legitimate Caleb Smith. Like, there's some legitimate arms in that rotation here. I think Mattingly has done a very good job. I would suspect he'll probably be manager of the year here in 2020. I never disliked him that much as a manager. I didn't think he was a great fit with the Dodgers, but I believe he's over 500, I think, as a manager. Had a lot of success in LA and is having a little bit of success here in Miami. I'm very happy for them. I'm happy for that fan base that's been through a lot. Like they, they went through the worst of the worst, you know, the tragedy four years ago, losing Jose Fernandez. And I think that, that to me, that really is why Jeter 
made the moves he made. I think that they had a pretty potent offensive lineup, but losing your ace in such a tragic way. I mean, this was not losing him to an arm injury. The guy passes away at such a young age. Even Christian Yelich has come out and said that changed the trajectory of the entire organization, sadly. But I think I think he's doing a good job right now. I think they're actually building something that could be competitive here. And one thing we know Derek Cheater has is a whole lot of money. They will not be nickel and diming here the way the Miami Marlins have done for so long. He's going to spend here going forward. And I think, uh, I think he's doing an all right job there. As for the team that was on the losing end of that series, the Chicago Cubs were another team that I feel like was kind of a pretender. Uh, look, I give them credit for how they played throughout the regular season. They won the division. Great rotation. Hendricks, very good. You Darvish, some of the best baseball he's ever pitched. But they're not good in the playoffs and haven't been for a minute here. And, and I, look, I, I think that there is a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made within the Chicago Cubs organization. Theo Epstein's like my idol. I love Theo. I think he's a great dude. I think he's a Hall of Fame GM. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. He's the the curse breaker. I did it for the Red Sox, did it for the Cubs. But when they won the World Series in 2016, I think collectively all of us looked at that core with Bryant and Baez and Rizzo and Contreras and Lester and Hendricks. The list goes on and on. I mean, it was it was an incre- incredible group of guys. And we said, this is going to be a team that even if they don't win it, they're going to be playing in the World Series here several times over the next few years. And they haven't. No, but let's go down the list. In 2017, people uh, equate them to having a World Series hangover. That's true, and it isn't. They took a step back, but they still won the division and made the NLCS. The next year, to me, was where things really fell apart for them, or where they really underachieved. They were the best team in the National League in 2018. They were far better than the Brewers, not to take anything away from Craig Council's crew, but that's I think that's just a fact. They end up blowing that divisional lead there. They lose in a, a classic game against the Rockies in the wildcard game, and I think that was kind of the, maybe not the beginning of a, a trend, but I think kind of they put themselves in the middle of a trend there in 2018, and that's that the Cubs have now scored, dating back to 2017, three runs in their last 40 postseason innings. Now, you could say different teams, different players. It's unfair to compare them. Not really. It's a lot of the same guys. It's still Bryant and Baez and Rizzo. It's the same people. And I think there's certain players on that team, as good as they are, like a Bryant, like a Baez, like a Contreras, who have shown on several different occasions that outside of that 2016 postseason run, they aren't very good in October. And I think that they are comparable to the Dodgers. Obviously, the Dodgers don't have a World Series. But you look at their roster, you look at their core of players, as talented as anybody's, and yet when the lights get bright, they seem to have trouble showing up. They, Like I said, I think this team was kind of pretenders. I don't think their bullpen would have held up. I think as good as that rotation was, I think it needed to be a little bit deeper. I think probably somebody like Baez might have turned it around, though he looked awful this season. But still, I don't think they would have been able to sustain it. But they were still better than the Marlins. They still had two games at home against the Fish, and they got swept. I mean, that's that's a pretty bad look. And, look, I think Theo Epstein would be allowed to be the GM for the Cubs as long as he would like to be. I mean, he should be. You know, even if they flame out each of the next five years, this is still the guy who built a core, built a team that won a World Series on the north side of Chicago, which, I mean, doesn't happen very often. Didn't happen for 108 years. He deserves all the credit for that. That was his baby. You could make the argument that in Boston he inherited a really good situation, which he did. He inherited nothing in Chicago and turned him into champions. But I also wonder if maybe he's a guy who just thrives better with a challenge. Maybe he's a guy who enjoys 
rebuilding or enjoys uh, not maybe not building from the ground up but but building a champion he's already done that in Chicago and I think right now I've, I've been noticing I don't know maybe a little bit of complacency there because it just doesn't seem like they are as energetic or as fiery or as intriguing as they have been over the last several seasons. Maybe it's time for some sort of move. Obviously, you fire Madden last year. You bring in David Ross. Uh, reception for him seems to be overwhelmingly positive. I mean, that's not that much of a surprise. Everyone loved Rossi, and he's now managing the same players that he played with several years ago in 2016. I, I still think the jury is kind of out on him. They got decisions to make because they're similar to the Indians who I talked about last week. It's still a talented core. It's still a good ball club, but... Uh, do you see them winning a World Series or competing for a World Series anytime soon? I, I don't, really. The one advantage they have is that that division kind of stinks. I mean, the NL Central was pretty darn bad this season. I know you had three teams that made the postseason, but that doesn't tell the story in a 16-team postseason. The Brewers weren't any good. The Cardinals just didn't seem to want to be good. Obviously, they had some ridiculous circumstances regarding COVID, but maybe that'll keep them uh, in win-now mode because of how poorly the division is, but I think that's a bad way to look at it. I, I don't think you should be looking at it from the standpoint of, can we win the division? You should be looking at it from the standpoint of, can we win the World Series? And I don't see that on the north side of Chicago right now. And I think the series they just played uh, proved my point. Uh, so that will do it for segment one. When I get back, I am going to talk about the other game that went down last Friday. The San Diego Padres knocking off the St. Louis Cardinals advancing to the NLDS. We'll be right back. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store, and you don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code LOCKEDON. And we are back. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Do you want to talk about the other game that went down on Friday? San Diego Padres in a really, I mean, an incredibly impressive effort knocking off the St. Louis Cardinals. It was an impressive effort. They got runs late. Uh, they they got runs against a very game Jack Flaherty. And Jack Flaherty had been off a little bit uh, this season. He was so good in the second half a year ago. I mean, like, historically good. They're just an amazing performer. Finished fourth for the Cy Young. Had not been as good this season. You know, it's hard to judge all that stuff with COVID, but it seemed like his stuff was not as nasty as it was in the latter part of last season. But he was great on Friday, and the Friars were up to the challenge. You know, they, they were able to get a few runs across the board against that bullpen, one across the board against Flaherty, and a really well-managed game by the Padres. It's so weird because Rick Renteria used nine pitchers against the A's in their winner-take-all game last week for the White Sox, and it seemed like he was just throwing stuff at the wall and trying to see what stuck. 
Whereas you saw what the Padres did, and it seemed like there was tactical reasons why they used all the pitchers that they did. And a big reason being, I mean, they're they're out of starters. They, they you know, Clevenger was out, Lamette was out. A really well managed game. And this was one of those instances because we we talk about this. It seems more so in basketball and football, where we say, well, very often the team with the best player ends up winning the game and or the series. Uh, that was the case with the Padres against the Cardinals. The Padres won that series because the best player on the field for either team was the shortstop for the Friars. Fernando Tatis Jr. in the last 15 innings of that series took it over. I mean, it's already kind of in the in the rear view. I mean, the news cycle in 2020 is so nuts that we forget about this stuff, but they were down 6-2. to two. In the in the sixth inning uh, uh, of game two, they looked dead. They weren't running the bases well. They were making defensive miscues. They weren't pitching well, and yet they battled back. And it's what talent will do to you. Like I think that there is truth in analytics. Absolutely, there's truth in sabermetrics. You know, uh, you you use those things that are at your disposal to try to benefit your ball club. But there also comes a point where talent just overtakes everything, and that's exactly what we saw last week as the Padres were able to fight through and advance to the NLDS. Really awesome moment. San Diego just so happy about this, and I'm happy for them. This is such an exciting ball club. I can't wait to see what the future holds for them. As for the NLDS or all the divisional series uh, games that are coming up here and all the divisional series that are coming up, I'm not going to do a full preview for all of them. I will say the one I'm most intrigued by, the two I'm most intrigued by, Yankees-Rays and dodgers Padres. And in both instances, I have the pick that my heart wants to go with, and that's that I want to go with the Rays, and I want to go with the Padres, not just to move on to a championship series, but to play each other in the World Series. I think that would be dope. But having watched all the teams I've watched over the last week or so, I, I, it's hard for me to pick against the Dodgers. Now, the one advantage I think the Padres have, uh, unlike previous NL West opponents in previous seasons, is that I think the Padres genuinely believe that they can knock off the Dodgers. Like, in 2018, when the Rockies were, were challenging the Dodgers, I never really believed that the Rockies thought that they were a better team. In 2017, when the Diamondbacks were trying to fight off the Dodgers in the NLDS, I never really believed that the Diamondbacks would be able to pull it out, and they didn't. I think there's a, there's a confidence level to this Padres team that is unmatched. Absolutely, no doubt. But the Dodgers have two MVPs in their lineup. And they have Walker Bueller, who's really good. And they have Clayton Kershaw, who, yes, I know October struggles aside, just pitched the best postseason game he'd ever pitched. He'd been brilliant, and he's been brilliant so far this season. He's been absolutely awesome. Some of the best baseball he's pitched in years. That's such a scary bunch, such a complete team. The Padres are going to have to get Lamette and Clevenger back and they're going to need them both to be pitching at the levels that they were pitching at in the regular season if they want to put up a fight in that five-game series against the Dodgers. Before I call it a show, there is one other team I do want to talk about, and I mentioned them a little bit last week. It just seems like there's a lot of press and talk about the Yankees and the Rays series and the, the Padres, obviously, and the Dodgers. Just doesn't it kind of just seem like the Atlanta Braves are just kind of going onto the radar and doing their business? You know, they they went up against a very game Cincinnati Reds pitching staff, and they were able to knock them off. They just kind of keep rolling. You don't hear a lot about them, and yet that's one of the more talented cores in all of baseball. Watch out for them. I think they're hungry. All right, so that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. I'm still uh, taking a break from the Twitter video content. You know, I said it would be at least two weeks. It's uh, It's going to be longer than two weeks for sure i'm just i'm not mentally ready uh to come back yet you can follow the show on twitter at 
Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. Leave a positive review of this show. Make it a five-star review. It would be much appreciated. got a lot more recently. It uh, warms the cockles of my heart. I really appreciate it. So thank you very much for listening. I will be right back here tomorrow talking about the Divisional League Series matchups that will be going down today. Maybe even by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? Thank you very much. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.